I'm Steph. And I'm Jeff. Each episode, we review a film that needs screenwriting support. As writers, we'll deep dive into the characters and plot to tell you how to fix this film. Listen at your own risk. This podcast contains spoilers. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Script Slayers. Today we'll be discussing the film Fifth Element, written by Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. This film was inspired in part by comic artist Jean Garaud and Jean-Claude Mezier. Um, and Luke started writing The Fifth Element when he was 16 years old, and 38 years when he was like 38 years old, the film came out. So never give up on your writing dreams. You never know when something will materialize. Got it. Uh, and the film was also directed by Luke Besson. It stars Bruce Willis as Corbin Dallas, our protagonist. He's a retired special ops major working as a taxi driver in future state New York. Amelia Jovovich as Lilu, a.k.a. the Fifth Element, a mysterious red-haired girl. Gary Oldman, our antagonist, as Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, the evil corporate executive that is after the Elemental Stones. Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod, an entertaining personality, and Ian Holm as Vito Cornelius, a priest who has secret knowledge of this the astro phenomena and these alien elemental stones. So I'm going to turn it over to Jeff to give us the synopsis of Fifth Element. Okay, here we go. In 1914... Aliens known as Manashiwans meet a priest of a secret order at an ancient Egyptian temple. They take four stones, components from a weapon that can defeat an evil entity. In 2263, a black orb appears in space. It destroys a flotilla of starships before heading to Earth. The Manashiwans, current human contact on Earth, the priest Vito Cornelius, informs the president of the Federated Territories of the evil entity's history and of the weapon that can stop it. On their way to Earth, a Manoshiwan spacecraft carrying the weapon is ambushed by the Mangalores, alien mercenaries hired by Earth industrialist Zorg, who is working for the orb. The remains of one of the Manoshiwans is brought to New York City. From this, the government uses advanced biotechnology to recreate Lilu, a humanoid who is also the supreme being and the last part of the weapon. Lilu freaks out, flees, and winds up in the cab of Corbin Dallas, the former major in Earth Special Forces. Dallas delivers Lilu to Cornelius. As she recuperates, she tells Cornelius that the stones were not on board her ship. They were with an alien opera singer. Sure, why not? Meanwhile, Zorg reneges on his deal with the Mangalores for failing to obtain the stones and kills some of them. Earth's military sends Dallas to meet the singer using a rigged radio contest to provide cover. Dallas gets a luxury vacation aboard a flying hotel on the planet Floston, accompanied by screechy talk show host Ruby Rod. Dallas, disturbingly obsessed with Lilu, learns she has the same mission and takes her along. All the other parties also converge on the hotel. During the concert, the Mangalore's attack and the opera singer is killed. Dallas extracts the stones from her body and kills the Mangalore leader, causing the others to surrender. Zorg arrives and activates a time bomb. He flees with a carrying case that he presumes carries the stones, but returns when he discovers it is empty. He deactivates his bomb, 
but a dying Mangalore sets off his own, destroying the hotel and killing Zorg. Meanwhile, Dallas, Cornelius, Lilu, and Rod escape with the stones. As the naughty orb approaches Earth, the four arrive at the Prologue Temple. They deploy the stones, but Lilu, having learned of humanity's own terrible history of war, has given up on life. Dallas declares his love for her and kisses her. In response, Lilu combines the powers of the stones, emitting a divine light onto the great evil and defeating it. She and Dallas are hailed as heroes and celebrate by banging it out in a reg reg regeneration chamber. I was clearly so excited by them banging it out that I couldn't say regeneration. <laughs> so that's basically the fifth element. A very interesting, colorful movie. This is a fun film, and yeah. it's a cult, like, sci-fi fan classic. Um, so I am curious. We are both uh, sci-fi fans, and we like to write sci-fi. So curious, Jeff, how you wanted to rewrite this film. So my main goal with this is to do a little bit of streamlining and also to give our antagonist a bit more of a rationale for what he is doing. I found Zorg and his motives were lacking in this film. The basic story is going to be fairly similar, that an ancient evil enters our universe, wants to destroy Earth. They're aliens who want to help. They get ambushed by the mercenaries, and we can keep the Mangalores, they're fine, by Zorg, who's an industrialist, but, industrialist, but he is also a high priest of the Cult of Darkness. So we start to expand why he's doing this. It's less of a money thing, which I guess is sort of what his motive is, and it's much more of he is a competing in a competing religious faction. Yeah, I mean, they don't make him a complicated character. He's the evil rich dude that basically is the money's the root of all evil, and Mister Shadow, this this fireball in space that is the great evil, um, is basically saying give me the stones and I will give you a lot of money and make you even richer than you already are. Like, it, I, I didn't need, honestly did not, for this type of movie, I didn't need a bigger reason, but I'll, I'll go with, let's see where you go with this. Yeah, I, I like to have villains who are a bit richer sometimes. Okay. And I think this movie, I'd like that. So first thing, I would cut the entire prologue out. The entire section set in 1914. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I don't find it adds anything, and all the information you get there is repeated later in the movie. Oh, see, I kept that in, but I okay. did make some... I didn't like... Those aliens looked so comical to me. They're like these giant stick bug looking things, and it really took me out of it. And so I kept that intro in. I like the the tie-in to ancient Egypt. It's the whole ancient aliens thing. But I changed the aliens. I was like, they need to be more like the greys, like with the big eyes or something okay. scarier, or maybe more ethereal. The These like comical looking giant stink bug things it really was it took me out of what they were trying to accomplish in that scene i don't mind the design for these creatures um i don't want to get too off into this but i will say that uh, you mentioned some of the artists that luc besson was inspired by he has also been pretty clear with this and with some of his other work that he was inspired by the French science fiction comic book, uh, Metal Herlant, uh, Heavy Metal. Mm. These aliens and even some of the storylines, like the whole thing with uh, Corbin and his flying cab, those some of these things come straight out of Heavy Metal. So I saw that and I'm like, oh, well, when I was a kid, I read those comics too, 
or at least when I could, they were, they were ah, technically so the adults. design of the alien was kind of a nod to those comics. I think so. That, that's, that's what why. I got out oh. of it. So I was fine with those. I, I didn't mind that. And I actually don't mind the visuals of this film. They're well done. And the alien designs and stuff are really cool. But the story is the problem for me. So, yeah, I would start, cut that prologue out because I don't think it adds anything. I would just open with the scene of the starships finding this orb emerging from some other dimension. And I'd keep a lot of this, this opening with uh, the president of Earth or the Federated Territories and the priest talking and kind of the priest explaining what this thing is. And then you get like a little action scene with the uh, ships being destroyed. I'd keep all that stuff in there. That was fine. Where I would change it though is after we have this introduction to the threat and we get a little bit of exposition about what it is, we cut to Zorg and introduce him a bit earlier in this mm, movie. Our big bad, yeah. Right, so he wakes up. I see him waking up. So we cut from the ships being destroyed, and then he wakes up. And we see him looking a little confused and then start laughing. And he walks through this opulent penthouse to a wall-sized video phone and makes a call to his followers telling them that their god approaches. So immediately get an idea that, okay, what this thing is and who the bad guy is and why he's doing this stuff. I would then go into the probably cut to uh, introduce Corbin, our protagonist, or our one of our protagonists, because we actually have two of them, Corbin and Lilu, and kind of just introduce him. And there's a lot of stuff in the film that would stay. We get like an introduction of him that uh, he's talking to like a his employer, who is like also a former member of the military. They're kind of talking about Corbin's wife leaving him and all that stuff was fine. Give some background to the character. There's a funny moment, which I'm just going to call the give me the cash moment, where a mugger tries to basically roll Corbin in his home. It, it's hilarious. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I'd keep that in there. I found that funny. I, I, at that point, though, we'd get uh, kind of going back and forth between Corbin, the priest, and Zorg. And the early, like the that first act of the film would basically be these characters. So Corbin, it's more background of him. With Vito, it's a lot more like kind of building up the myth behind, you know, what's going on with the story, what the alien is, what the weapon is, who the Manashiwan are. And then with Zorg, we get this idea of, you know, who the bad guy is. One thing I would do is that I would introduce two uh, villain action characters. And I call them Freyar and Freya. The idea is that they're going to be our primary villain in the field. Because in the movie, what we get is we get like some of Zorg's henchmen who are basically all incompetent. We get the mercenaries who, by the end of the movie, you know, about midway through the film are kind of acting on their own. I think I'd boil it down to have like a much more coherent set of bad guys. Okay. So just two main Zorg henchmen in the field. Right. Okay. And we'd still have the attack on the Monashiwan ship. That's fine. The idea that Lilu is regenerated from something found on the ship I'd keep. In the film, what we get then is that she's revived and for some reason... For some reason, she wakes up confused, which I get it. She's just been revived after being reduced to a hand. But she starts attacking the people around her and escapes, and that's how she eventually meets Corbin. I actually didn't like that. What I would have in mind is that the Zorg henchman that we were just introduced to, 
attack the lab. So you get an action scene there where they're like chopping their way through the guards and, and getting into the lab itself. And the general who in the movie gets basically punched in the face and then she runs off, lets her out and says, you have to go, like runs and she escapes. And then she's being pursued okay. instead of by some police, she's being pursued by these two henchmen. Okay. Or hench people. And at that point, then she winds up in Dallas's cab, pretty much the same way. In the movie, she like goes through some building ducks and jumps off a ledge and winds up falling into Dallas's cab. I would do the same thing. I did like the aerial chase scene where the police are chasing her, so or chasing Corbin, chasing the cab is a really nice little aerial chase through future New York. I would keep that. The only difference is I would have Zorg basically sick the police on them. So yeah, you want Zorg to be much more intentional from the get-go in chasing her versus introduced a little bit later in the film. Right. Okay. So the next thing, big thing I'd change is that I would at this point write out the uh, Mangalores. So we have a scene where Zorg and his henchmen in the movie meet and he's angry because they did not retrieve the stones. So he tries to kill them, but fails and they become this other competing force in the movie. I would have the people that we just saw attacking the lab. I would have them kill the aliens off. So then it's just Zorg and his henchmen and we don't have this competing group. Yeah. Cause I didn't find that it added anything to the movie. It adds some action. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand they're there to, you know, for action purposes, but I think you could, really focus in on the competition between Zorg and our heroes. Yeah. And he can he could easily kill them off there with just, you know, some massive weapon or something. Like he has it's there's that ridiculous scene where he gives them new weapons and he doesn't tell them about the big red button on the side of the gun and apparently the big red button causes everything to explode. And that's it's it's the dumbest weapon design. I, it makes no sense why you would design a weapon with a big red button that causes yourself and everyone around you to explode. So I, I hated that scene personally, but you could easily ha- take that, cut that scene out and instead do something where Zorg kills off all of those creatures and then we get them out of the story. I'm fine with that. Just have him, you know, lock lock them in a room and yeah, gas them, bomb them, whatever. Yeah. Something evil, something that an right. evil person like Zorg would do. So at this point, um, we're really kind of getting then into like that final act, right? Mm-hmm. So we have all of our players. We know where everything, everyone's going. We get the setup. We need to find out that the stones are on Flossed. And I would keep the general outline of that. So they're going to this alien world where there's this luxury flying hotel and they have to meet up with... The diva. That's weird, but fine. That, I think, works as a good set piece. Plus, it's like one of the best scenes in that film is the diva. Like when she's singing and then the action scene following. That is that is a really well done scene. Yeah, so I would keep that general tone, but I'd cut some things out. So I would first thing drop the Ruby Rod character. That character is super annoying. Like, I that was the thing that I had a comment on, too, with my rewrite is like, I didn't mind him but i would tone him down a bit he was just way too over the top um and it got annoying to me after a while versus comical they're not deep characters in the movie which is fine they don't have to be deep but they're all played and they're all played a little over the top they're like actiony icon characters mm-hmm. 
Ruby Rod, that character is being played like this screeching, I, I don't know, caricature of, it's just terrible. It's annoying. Every moment he's on the screen is annoying. You can have characters who are annoying, but they still add something to your story. I don't find that character does anything useful. It doesn't like it doesn't make sense how all these women like fawn over right. him because he's like just not that attractive and annoying and like it I think it's meant to be just like comic relief but it's just over the top the way It's not funny. Tucker plays it unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So a few things I'd cut out there is a long sequence at like a starport terminal where different people are saying they're corbin dallas oh yes yeah there are there's one funny line there i i at one point mila jodlovich uh, the lilu character is she's still kind of figuring out english and she starts she holds up a multi-pass which is in this is like an id card and starts to say multi-pass over and over and uh bruce willis's character eventually is like yeah they know it's a multi-pass that is played really funny. It's cute. I don't mind losing that though. That I would cut that whole sequence out. It doesn't add anything. There are a bunch of there are a few other scenes I would just keep. There's like a sequence with um, Zorg's people using a cockroach with a surveillance camera to find out like what the plan is. That's that's fine. There's like little bits and pieces that would work in this, but a lot of this is just like kind of tightening things up and, and getting through this movie and especially this last act a bit faster. So the ending is actually similar. It's just who the different parties are in the movie we have the mangalores mm-hmm. in this would be zorg's goons taking the ship over you get a fight i would give lilu a lot more to do in this movie too in particular in this last act corbin in the movie does a lot of the fighting and a lot of the heroics yeah because he's the main protagonist lilu's like the side protagonist yeah and i didn't really like that for someone who's supposed to be a supreme being and all this and the the perfect woman, as he keeps saying, which I would tone that down a bit because that made him, the De- uh, the Corbin Dallas character, keeps going about looking for the one perfect woman that makes him sound a little creepy. But I give her more to do. So basically it's Lilu who's doing a lot of the fighting. And that finally we get a scene, though, where Corbin is on the bridge and he's fighting the last of Zorg's goons and he's injured in the fight. He also damages the controls. The ship starts to get ready to plow into an asteroid. Lilu rescues him just before the impact, and then we get them all heading to Earth. In the film, Zorg by this time is gone, and it's just our heroes trying to figure out how to use the weapon, right? Mm-hmm. I would have Zorg at that last scene. We have had this villain who then isn't at the climax, which was weird. Right. It was the climax was Lulu was super depressed because she got to W in the alphabet and learned about war. And like, why is humanity worth saving because they of all these terrible wars and things they do to each other? Right. And I cut all that. So basically, we have a bit more of a traditional action ending for this movie where you get a final fight. Corbin gets seriously wounded saving Lulu because, you know, that's fine. One protagonist helping the other. Lulu would activate the device, stops the aliens, vaporizes Zorgs. And I'm, I'm fine, actually, with the ending with the two of them in the regeneration chamber hooking up. I thought that was kind of funny. The big thing here, though, and then we can get into yours. The big thing here is to um, really give the villain a bit more depth. Mm-hmm. Make Lilu give her a bit more agency and make her a bit more important to the story and not just, you know, not just what, like, the uh, the prize kind of thing which she is kind of referred to repeatedly. Like, I, I think at one point in the film, 
uh, Vito refers to her as humanity's greatest possession kind of stuff. And I was just like, that sounds a little weird for a sentient person and the Supreme Being. So I'd cut a bunch of that and also just kind of tighten the story up. There is stuff that is indulgent in this movie. And I would probably cut some of those scenes like the I won't go through all of them, but I will just go back like the scene at the spaceport and the terminal. It's kind of amusing, but it's to me completely unnecessary and just wastes about six or seven minutes of screen time, which I would just dump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what I would do. So how about you? What, what do we have from Steph's Fifth Element? So I overall like this film. So I did not do a massive rewrite, but there are a few problems I had with it that I would clean up. Um, so I already talked about that I didn't like the design of the aliens. It's a minor thing, but it took me, it was, it was just too comical at the beginning. I needed something more mysterious and ethereal for the aliens that are the guardians of these ancient stones slash weapon that can protect us from Mr. Shadow, the evil entity planet thing. Right. Um, then, okay, film proceeds as it does. The first, the next place that I would rewrite is um, there is a scene that I just absolutely hate. Um, it's when Corbin and Lilu and Vito are all together, and he Corbin kisses her without her consent while she she's laying there um, like passed out, and he kisses her. And then she wakes up and she, you know, is pissed off and takes his gun and all that and says, don't, never without my consent, blah, 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 in her, like, alien language. Um, and it really turned me off to Corbin as our main protagonist that he assaults this woman. And then later she's going to love him. So I would cut that out because it doesn't fit with... Um, the, a character that I would like to see portrayed as our main male protagonist in this story, um, he, you can just remove that scene and he can just wake her up by shaking her or throwing water on her face or something else. It doesn't have to involve uh, this uh, forced kiss on her at the beginning. Um, so yeah, hated that scene. Yeah, so here's my note on that. Also, not have Dallas try to kiss an unconscious woman way too rapey yep yep I, and, and 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 then and then she as the perfect woman that could have any man she wants basically because she's a supreme being she decides to fall in love with that guy who the start of their relationship was him non-consensually kissing her like no yeah. um so uh definitely cut that out um the next thing that I didn't love, I already spoke to this. I didn't love the the weapon with the, the giant red button on the side. Uh, it just, you know, as a former um, army <laughs> uh, captain in the military, I was just like, this weapon makes no sense. Wait, all, uh, all of your weapons don't have big red self-destruct Yeah, like, you know, my them? M4 that I carried in Iraq <laughs> never had a giant red button on the side that if I accidentally pushed it would cause me to explode. Yeah, the weapon is supposed to hurt somebody else not me it was just the it was just such a dumb design and i know they meant that scene to be comical but it still needs to be comical in the realm of like possible in a movie like this um and that just wasn't consistent internally with um a smart design for a weapon so i would have just removed that scene and i like your idea of actually killing off the mangalore so i would have found another way for zorg and his henchmen to just kill them off and move on with our story um the other scene that I, I really didn't like this scene, it's 
it starts off fine. Zor gets his like evil genius moment where he talks about why he does what he does and that chaos is better than order and chaos creates jobs because when you create chaos, then you have all these people that have jobs cleaning up the destruction and he like breaks a glass and has his little robot devices come and clean it up and that's a cute scene and that worked for me and I think that's where the scene needed to stop. But then it goes on to him choking on a cherry and him activating his desk with all these comical things that are popping up out of his desk, including this creature that I guess is supposed to slap his back, um, but the creature's not working. And so then you have the priest, Vito, come up and like slap his back and, and clears the cherry. And it's, one, why would the priest want the, he's evil, why wouldn't the priest just let him die uh, in that moment and just watch him choke to death and then we wouldn't have to deal with Zorg anymore? Um, I mean, you could argue he's a priest, he can't do that, but I don't know, this priest has done, did uh, other shady things throughout the course of this film and he's trying to save humanity. Um, so I just, it, it, it was too comical for what that, like, the scene was perfect where it ended at first with the robots cleaning up the destruction and his chaos um, creates job speech. I would have ended it there and cut out that whole bit. So that's another thing I didn't like. Yes. Well, can I, I just want to speak to that because uh, I had a similar problem with that. I think the speech is fun, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of problems with that whole scene. Starting actually right before that, when Zorg and his send some of his goons to pick up Vito... Lilu is literally in the apartment and she doesn't try to stop these guys from dragging off the priest that she's relying on to find the weapons, right. the piece of the weapon or to help her. Yeah. So then they drag him to Zorg's thing. I found that while again, the actual speech was fun and Gary Oldman delivers it in a fun way. The actual meeting between the two of them, I don't think was necessary. I would have cut all that. If you want more depth about why Zorg is doing what he's doing, this is why I put some of his minions in, like his little cult, that he's talking to them about it. No. It may be a similar thing to that speech. I don't know. I, I, I found, I don't think we that actually works that well with, with where I was going. But yeah, I'd cut that out and replace it with with a different exposition dump. How's that? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, you, sorry, or you could ahead. have even had that scene with him just talking to his henchmen and sure. he accidentally breaks a glass or something and all the little creatures come and clean it up and he's like, look, look at what this chaos does and blah, blah. And then he could get at it that way. So the, the next thing, um, and again, this is all like, Overall, I don't mind the plot as it unfolds. It's just these few things that I think need some cleanup work. Um, the, so... There's too much, there's, the general gives a mission to like go retrieve stones, right? And then they say, well, the only person that can do this mission is Corbin Dallas because he's the only guy left from this super secret special ops unit that were badass and he has the skills. He's the only guy. It's too much coincidence that he happens to be the guy that Lilu falls into his taxi and he's the only guy left on earth that can do this super secret mission that involves Lilu. like I, I it was way 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 I mean a film like this of course you have to have some coincidences to move the story along but that was too much so my thought is couldn't the priest who you know was working with the military Vito Tell them first about Lilu, because they had met, and Corbin meeting already, because they had been to the priest's apartment. And that's why they choose Corbin 
to, yes, he has a military background as well, but that's why they choose him to go to Flauston Paradise is because he already has a bit of a relationship with Lulu. He protected her. They met already. Like, couldn't they have just, and yes, he does happen to have the military background. They could have gone about it that way instead of doing this, like, like, crazy coincidence thing and then they rig rig it so he and Lulu are the one that get the tickets to go and win the contest to Flauston um I just thought it was too much shenanigans to do it the other way what were your thoughts so in my initial pass through I actually kept that in there how they get the mission and all that okay hearing you talk about though yeah it makes perfect sense what you're saying is that it is way there's way too much coincidence i think having lilu insists that corbin go with her makes sense yeah so there's a meeting we know that Vito has met with the president of the federated territories he brings lilu and she's like they're like we're going to send a team with you and she's just like no i'm going with him mm-hmm. but she that there's something about the way that he, you know, a random person helps her with no hope, you know, with no promise of anything else, any reward. She actually, that's what connects them. And she, she, and she, she trusts him. And in this version, he right. wasn't um, sexual no. assaulty towards her. So, yeah. So she just says, this is a guy I want to go with. I'm going with. And also this puts with my thing of trying to give her more agency and make her mm-hmm. more equal. It's like, she's like, no, I'm going with him. He's the one who's escorting me. And of course they're going to say yes, because she, she's the supreme, supreme being, being and can knows where the stones are, right? So yeah, I think that works fine. Ruby Raw, I didn't get rid of Ruby, but I toned Ruby way down in my version. Um, but I'm fine actually getting rid of Ruby too. Uh, doesn't add tons of value um, to the film. Um the other thing, okay, so then we're proceeding as is. We have that cool scene, my favorite scene with the, the diva singing like that beautiful aria and then it gets kind of funky and the fight scene and all that. Loved that. Um, but so we get to the point where Zorg has the case uh, with allegedly the stones in it. Now, he finally gets to his ship and checks and the case is empty and I... This happened to him once before when the Mangalores deliver the case. Uh, he It's empty. And I'm just like, wouldn't he, you're setting him up to be this smart, industrialist, corporate, evil, bad guy that's has obviously smart enough to rise to his level of um, like power. money and power yeah. and all that. And he doesn't think to check the case as soon as he gets it. And he goes through this whole thing and then checks the case. I just thought that was really dumb and not in line with Zorg's character. And so I would change it that he checks the case immediately after he gets it. And then he's pissed that the stones aren't in there. And that's why he's going after Lilu. Like, it's a simple fix. um, And it just is more in line with Zorg's character. There's another scene that's like... Where after like Corbin digs the stones out of the diva, there's this shootout scene and this Ray character is not giving him a gun and is rolling him like these like balls. Like it's so dumb. And it's I, I think it's meant to be comical, but it's not really a funny scene. And it just makes this adult look so dumb. Like, of course like he wants the gun. Like, so I would just remove that scene. It doesn't add value. Or just have Ray like 
give him the gun, like kick over the gun to him. So that's another thing I would change. And then, you know, we proceed on to the end and I'm fine with the ending. I mean, we're, we, this is not Shakespeare. This is a fun sci-fi action film. Um, so yes, it's a little bit like, okay, Lulu falls in love with Corbin very quickly. And that's the thing she needs to not be depressed about, how bad humanity is with all the wars and stuff but in an an action film like this it works because we have to suspend our belief anyway for a film so I'm fine with the ending as is so those are the main things I would change about it again I overall like this film this is a sci-fi cult classic I love the look of this film that like taxi chase scene through New York City is super fun. Yeah. Um, the costumes are fun. I mean, Lulu's this iconic character uh, cosplay, right, that a lot of people uh, hope they have the bodies to do well with the the white tape and the red wig and all that. Um, so it's just, it's a very fun movie. Um, so just I just needed some tweaks to clean it up a bit. Yeah. I would just say, before we get into our final stuff, just when I... I've seen this movie multiple times. Like I saw this in the theater when it first came out and I really enjoy this film. When we decided to take on this particular project and I sat down to watch it with a more critical eye, I was actually a little surprised about how many things stood out to me as problematic from the stuff I've talked about. And and I'm not going to go through everything, but there are even little details that I started seeing for the first, almost like the first time, like, oh, it's either not necessary or it doesn't make sense or... It doesn't add anything. And I think that's my big thing with, I was trying to go with my particular rewrite is that I wanted to remove all the stuff that didn't really add anything to the core story while beefing up those things like Zorg and Lilu, beef those things up, those characters up who actually are important to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, with me, like if I had to pick one thing to rewrite, I would definitely take out that scene where he, um, kisses her without her consent. That was like if if you like forced me and said only you can only rewrite one scene in the film. That's the one I would rewrite because it just made Corbin through the rest of the film feel like an asshole to me. And I'm like, why would the supreme being love him after that? Um, this movie, I just really briefly. This movie does a bit of that where it's kind of there's a lot of the male gazey stuff going on, but also which is fine because in this sense because Mila is very gaze worthy. I will say, though, that the attitude of a lot of these men towards Lilu in particular is borderline, like, infantile. Like, they're all, like, tongue-tied about how attractive she is. And, like, Corbin is obsessed with her mm-hmm. after meeting her once. Granted, she fell through the roof of his cab and then he had a, you know, extended chase sequence. So I can get why that would be memorable. But still, it borders on, like, a... a like obsession which isn't i don't think a good look for your hero yeah it's overkill like oh she's the perfect woman like immediately and yeah um so i would give this as a watch yes it's got some flaws but overall this this belongs in the sci-fi classic films and i would i would say this is definitely a watch for me what about you jeff oh i think it's a watch too you have to approach it with the, I think, right mindset, which is much more you're watching a comic book movie. As uh, you pointed out, for someone like me who likes to nitpick things and have everything make sense, a movie like this can sometimes be frustrating, especially when we have that part of my brain turned on because I start looking and trying to go, well, this isn't internally coherent or whatever. But I think if you go into it just wanting a 
colorful, entertaining, action-filled, intermittently funny science fiction or space opera movie, then this is definitely worth checking out. So yes, this is a watch. Well, thanks for listening to our rewrite. Both Jeff and I recommend Fifth Element as a watch. Uh, So uh, we look forward to doing another rewrite with you in a few weeks. Bye. Script Slayers is a production of Steph and Jeff Wright's Media. Reproduction of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. All rights reserved, 2023.